0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
2: This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now... It's time for the Bleed Lose Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan
0: and Alicia Del Valle
2: with the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger.
0: Hello friends and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lose Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all of your, on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Betonline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline.ag today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. If you use our promo code, which is Believe50B-L-E-A-V-5-0. And you will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Huge thanks to Bet Online for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. And this week we are uh, doing a, a tribute to Vince Scully, guys sitting right here. They, if you're watching the video, you can see the bobblehead, one of my favorite bobbleheads I own. Uh, Vince Scully passed away at the age of ninety four this past week, and uh, went to uh, to to go ahead and reach out to some Dodgers that uh, you know, that we feel like would help us commemorate and understand the impact that Vince Scully had on Dodger Nation. So, you know, as far as that goes, we have a couple special guests, uh, Ned Colletti and Eric gagne stopping by this week. Uh, so without further ado, here is another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. And stopping by the carne that for a few minutes, uh, former Los Angeles Dodgers GM, and also Sportsnet LA uh, analyst, Ned Coletti. Ned, how you doing?
3: Hey, I'm doing okay, everybody. Good to see you today.
0: Good to see you too. You know, it, it, it's funny. I, I was thinking about this earlier. You know, we asked you to to come on. And uh, and it's it's kind of the whole, like, when you go to a funeral and you see old friends that you haven't seen in a minute. And uh, and there was no one else that I could think of that, that could probably do their best to concisely give in his flowers to Ned Coletti. Because we know that you guys had a special relationship too. Um, and, and your tweet about about him when when all this stuff happened when he passed, uh, I feel like it was the perfect 160-character way to, to – because there's just so much you can say, right? So let's just start there. What did – as as a GM, not even as a, as a GM, but just someone that worked for the organization, obviously fans see the importance of what Vin, you know, meant to the city of Los Angeles, to the franchise of the Dodgers. But what did Vin mean really as far as the Dodgers go?
3: Well, I I'd I have a tough time finding anybody else in my life that um, understood life and understood people and was as kind and gracious as uh, as Vin always was. Um, and when you think about the talent that he has and had as the, uh, in my opinion, the greatest broadcaster, baseball broadcaster in the history of the sport. Um, usually that comes with a with a little bit of ego. Usually that comes with a little bit of uh, you know tough toughness here and there, you know I um, I never saw it, and I think that as I and i've been in LA now 1617 years and, and so i've learned the city i've learned the dynamics of, of Los Angeles wonderful place. Um, I think that that he had the ability, just by being him to to uh, to bring peace to a lot of people, whether they were going through something personal or they were going or the city was going through something tough and you're sitting on 405 or 101 or 110 or someplace, and you're listening to Ben. Uh, he's, he just had a, a, a peaceful, calming way to him that um, I think was uh, did a lot of unity, in fact. So just a unique, unique guy. And I spent, I have probably three different stages of life with Ben. One, my early days with the Cubs, where I, I knew how how prestigious he was and how talented he was. And then I kind of found out how nice he was. And then in my my giant days, um, we're in the same division. So we're seeing each other 18, 19 times a year. So the relationship, the conversations in and around the game, uh, more frequently and and deeper. And then in 2005, I I come to L.A. as a GM. And my first day, I called uh, Mr. Koufax. I called Mr. Lasorda. I called Billy DeLurie. One of my longtime dear friends with the Dodgers who passed a few years ago and a dear friend of Sandy and Ben and, and Tom, Tommy. And um, and I called Ben and I, and I told him all that um, I was honored. I was honored to uh, be a part of an organization that I had respected for all these years uh, because of the character and the quality of people that, that they were. And you know, we started uh A friendship and a different type of of, um, opportunity arose because we traveled and, uh, you know, sitting on planes with him, sitting at dinner with him uh, late night on the concierge level floor of different hotels talking about the game. You know, he would he would he read a lot. And so every once in a while, he'd say he'd show me this book and he'd say, this is a really great book. You should get this book. And, And we talked about all sorts of different things. And he was just kind. You know, he was kind and and somebody that that uh, added so much to my life. Uh, you know, I'll never forget him and a lot of personal conversations we had. And I, you know, I think you may have seen the the little uh, Instagram on the golf club story. You know, different things like that. And uh, the last time I talked to him was probably early this year, and um, he called me. And and typically I would call him, but I had called him in and around his birthday in late November, and probably in January-ish, he gave me a call and he says, you know, you wrote that book four years ago, three, four years ago. And I read it then, and there there was a chapter in there on Vin. I read it then, and um, I'm just telling you, uh, I'm sitting here and, uh, you know, I I saw your book in my my library and I I went back and I I read it again. And I'm shocked at, at how kind you were to me. And I said, "You got to be kidding me, right?" You know, I, I couldn't find the appropriate words to be as kind as as you know I wanted to be. I'll never know anybody else like him, and you know that's just that may be as as strong a, a comment as I can make in a in a beautiful way. I'll never know anybody like Vin Scully again.
0: Absolutely, go ahead, Alicia.
4: I I agree one hundred percent that the impact of Vin there will never be another Vin Scully, right Ned? And and what a gift that you had that friendship with Vin, that you were connected and, because we all feel connected. We meaning those of us who grew up hearing him, he's the voice of our childhood. He's the voice of my father's memories of moving to Los Angeles and falling in love with the Dodgers. And there are so many stories of those legacies, but a, the gift that you have of being his friend, the golf story I love that you you have currently, um, Vin's golf clubs right like they're in your home or your garage. Or yeah,
3: they're sitting uh, they're sitting about seven seven feet from me right now. You know, wow, well, the except- you
2: know, um,
4: so awesome. I just I don't know if I got to meet Vin twice. I interviewed him, and I was so intimidated to ask him for a photo. He, to me, was like the ultimate rock star, celebrity, yeah. almost religious-like, right? You, you mentioned something earlier about how he was so kind. I almost feel like Vin made us feel like we were never alone, right? Whether yes. you watched him on TV, but all, we, the radio was always on. Vin yes. was the soundtrack, right? So I just wonder, I've had friends from out of other states and stuff. They didn't grow up with Vin but yet they know the impact. They, they made sure to check on us. Can you talk about how Vin transcended baseball? He transcended being the greatest broadcaster. There was something about Vin that we all just feel like we lost a family member. Why?
3: That's Well, that's a great that's a question. Um, you know, he did, he did golf. He did the NFL um, on a national level. Um, he also broadcast uh, World Series uh, on a national level. And he did it like he was almost doing a Dodger game. So I think people all over, all over the, the world who watch baseball knew knew of his style and knew and you can almost when you're talking to somebody, you got a pretty good feel for you know what kind of person they are. And I think that that just him being who he is and 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 do, and broadcasting the way he would broadcast. People understood it, whether they knew him or not. I, I have a, a personal story that, that kind of goes along with you, where people across the country under, understand the, the magnificence of him. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter interned for the for the Dodgers a handful of years ago and got to know Vin very well. Used to tell me that. I said, you know, people ask her, so you've been around a while now. Who's your favorite Dodger? And she'd say, well, I have two favorite Dodgers. One is Lou Johnson, who passed a few years ago, and one is Vin Scully. It's neither guy was playing at the time. Lou had a good career with the Dodgers, but, you know, long in the past. And so they became, they became friends a little bit. And I told him, I said, you know, Jenna's getting married in uh, in, a, in a couple months. And, uh, you know, she wanted me to tell you. And and he says, oh, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. You know, I'm not presumptuous enough, he says, to think that you would invite Sandy and me, but we would, you know, if it was in the off season, we would love to do it and I said, well, it's in September, so, you know, that's going to be difficult uh, to do that, but, uh, you know, thank you. And he says, if there's anything I can ever do for them, you have to let me know. So, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to take him up on that offer or not, but, you know, a couple of people says, well, you know, yeah, you know, there might be a cool thing he could do. So what he did is I asked him if he would record the announcement of the bridal party. Okay, now I'm from Chicago, 2,000 miles away from Los Angeles. He records this at the wedding. They get ready to announce the bridal party. And we all know how that goes. You know, they people clap. And then when they announce the bride and groom, the place stands and is a standing ovation. As soon as he started, people looked around the room like, oh my goodness, this is Ben Scully. And they stood right then and there. So the entire bridal party (laughs) received a standing ovation, started by the voice of Ben Scully because they were shocked that. That he was, you know, in essence, a, a part of the, the party. And, you know, that that I think goes to your point a little bit, that, you know, it, it wasn't just a Los Angeles gift. It wasn't just a Southern California gift. It was a national, international gift. And and that's something that not everybody can say.
4: I say it all the time. Ask the guys, we are spoiled as Dodger fans. Oh, yeah. A little girl. You know, we traveled to Houston to visit family. We'd go to Astro. Remember the Astrodome? Like we'd go to games. Yeah. And I was always wearing my Dodger Hard hat. And then I would realize, wait, you guys don't have a Vin? Like I just assumed every baseball team had a Vin. And as I got older and realized, wow, Vin is special and he's our like yeah. we're just so spoiled, right, guys? I mean, one, I always talk about how spoiled Dodger fans.
5: We you we absolutely are, and we're being joined by the padrino of the uh, carne asada, Ned Caleri, and purveyor of an excellent boot collection, uh, Nino. I I have to ask you this: everyone has said that he is the greatest storyteller, and I have memories of listening to broadcasts of Vin talking about Pearl Harbor, talking about nine eleven talking about guys like Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio who went and participated in World War II and I, and I sit there and I think where are we going to get those stories from and you know a, you get a lot of history not just from uh, about baseball I mean Vinton was the last connection to Brooklyn to LA yes. and, and and we're, we're not going to have that I hear these famous stories about the Tommy Lasorda, Billy Delury, Vin Scully lunches or dinners. And I just can't imagine the stories that must have been exchanged there. Were you privy to any of those dinners? Do you have a Vin Scully story that he shared with you that maybe we haven't heard on a broadcast? Um, well, I don't know what you've heard or what you haven't heard. You know, I,
3: I had many opportunities to, uh, to be in his company in those type of environments. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, his. I used to tell him that you know, once in a while, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make a road trip, so I'd watch the game. Um, and sometimes I wouldn't have a place to sit, so I'd sit in the back of the booth. that was on the road. And I used to tell him, you know what? I, I'm saturated in this sport for almost my entire life. And every time I watch you do a game, I learn something I never knew before. You know, that's not easy to do. I can't say that happens all. Well. Yeah. But it happened all the time with Vin, and um, you know you're you're right when you say you know the DiMaggio's, the Ted Williams, and his connection to people. Um, we used to he used to talk about Branch Rickey a lot. Branch Rickey played in 1903, and we know the historical significance of Mr. Rickey and the Dodgers and and Jackie Robinson. And but Branch Rickey was born in 1880 something. And and so his connection to go back and to be able to bring those people who had long passed to life in conversation was was phenomenal. You uh, know, I'm I'm struggling to find one story to tell you, but you know, I mean, he he talked to me about the first day he ever saw Sandy Koufax. It's so way before the draft, and so they're working Sandy Koufax out, and he's throwing off a bullpen mound. He's a, he's a young guy, and. You know, he he had the great arm and this developing curveball. But, you know, wild and and didn't, uh, you know, didn't have command of his fastball. If you look it up, it took Sandy a little while to get to the big leagues. Obviously, when he got there, the few in the history of the sport that were as successful and as talented as Sandy. But, you know, he would tell you stories of that nature. We would talk about um, 1951 Dodgers-Giants, okay, playoff game. Bobby Thompson home runs. Uh, sends the the Dodgers home and the Giants go on to the World Series and and he he gave me like he like almost minute to minute detail of that you know Thompson homers as a walk off three run home run he's in the booth he's not calling the game but he says he was dear friends with Ralph Branca who threw the pitch and he said you know I I knew his wife I was we were, we were very close you know, to to him and his, his bride and he said, "You know, I looked down as soon as the ball cleared the wall because I knew where she was sitting, and I watched her go into her little purse and pull out a handkerchief and dab her eyes." I mean, like, who's who's got that story? Yeah, you know. And then he talked about the, the clubhouses at, at the polo grounds were in deep center field, and you had to walk across the diamond and through through the outfield to get to them. So he waited a while because the giant fans had stormed the field and. all of that and as he said you know so i'm walking out to the clubhouse and the giant fans know who i am and they're giving me a bit of a hard time he says and i walk up the stairs and it was a tiny little clubhouse and he said the walls were paper thin and he said i think the clubhouse guys uh, made a deal that they were going to buy one big case of champagne or one one allotment of champagne and whoever won would pay for it and and that's what they did for the Giants. And so he heard the celebration. Everybody heard the celebration. And he's telling me about being in that locker room as the Giants celebrate through this paper-thin wall in this historic game. And he feels out of place a little bit because I mean he's he's everybody knows who he is, but you know, this is like a private moment for this team to, you know, to go through the the quiet agony of defeat. And so he walks into the little trainer's room, and he says, "Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson are sitting there." And Pee Wee Reese, you know, knows I'm standing there, and you know, he says, "Hey, ben. and he looks at Jackie. He says, "How about baseball? Baseball will just rip your heart out." And Jackie just sits on the ta- training table and, you know, nods his head. I mean, you know, who's got that story?
4: Right. <laughs> I mean, who was
3: there for that? You know, let alone there for that, but. You know, just the, the detail of everything, you know. Oh, there's another one, too. I mean, if you want to hear another one, I got, I got one more for you. <laughs> do it, do it. Please. So he grew up, he grew up in, um, I think he was born in the Bronx, which is obviously Yankee territory and, and near where the Giants played. And so it's 1955, and his mom is listening to Game 7. 1955 was the only year in the history of the Brooklyn Dodgers that they won the World Series. And like most of the teams in the National League in that era, they had to get past the Yankees. So it's Yankees, Dodgers, Yankee Stadium, game seven. Vin's at the game. His mom listening to the game on the radio. Nervous as can be, right? Dodgers have a two to nothing lead, which they end up holding on and winning two to nothing. He talks about his mom and they, his mom had this tiny little dog. And at the end of the sixth inning, she took the dog for a walk because she couldn't stand to listen to the Yankees hitting. So she took a walk around the block with a little dog. Still two to nothing. Seventh inning comes by, bottom of the seventh, same thing. Takes to walk the dog around the block for a walk. Tiny little dog, tiny little legs. Eighth inning, same thing. Ninth inning comes up, can't find a dog. The dog doesn't want to walk anymore. The dog doesn't want to leave the house.
5: The dog is done. And luckily, luckily the dog. A little bit of a different type of story there, too. Ned, so I I wanted to, before I throw it over to Alonso, I just wanted to ask you, because you've been around baseball so much, how difficult is it to work a one-man booth? I know in the beginning of his career, he had uh, Red Barber, and then he had Jerry Doggett, and other, but for a good chunk of his career, he worked a booth by himself. And now in baseball, that's unheard of. You see two people, three man booths. Yeah, Can you speak to that?
3: It's uh, you'll never see it again. Um, you know, you have three people booths and then you also have a field reporter. Sometimes you got almost four people adding to the broadcast. And, um, but that's, that was his style. And, you know he um, he liked doing it that way. Obviously, it was it was it was his trademark in a way, Not that he wanted to you know be a trademark kind of guy. But you know, he liked that. He he liked the idea that he could he could use silence as a tool as well. Yeah. Maybe the best at letting the situation tell its own story, and I think that you know that 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 fit into that style of the one man booth. And it also allowed him to tell stories and to, to get into the depth of, of the individuals playing the game. I mean, that's, that's a special, special gift too. And that's, that's something that even the, the, the best of the broadcasters today or uh, in the recent past can do a little bit, but not to, not to the level that Vin did. I mean, every, every at bat had a chance to have a story attached to it. Yeah. You
5: know? Absolutely. Go ahead, Alonzo.
0: Ned, uh, we really appreciate you stopping by and uh and giving us some of those stories and a little bit of insight. O2B a fly on the wall of all mm-hmm. those conversations because it's it's one of those where, you know, it, it's like you said, the historical just component of it of him being the last connection to the Brooklyn Dodgers, the stories with Jackie. There's just so much there. And and like I said, there's nobody else that I feel like would have been better to to concisely give us some of those stories than one. Ned coletti. if you're not following him please go follow him at the real ned coletti on uh on the twitters uh he's, he's a he's a great dude friend of the carne and we really appreciate your time Ned.
3: oh you're welcome honored honored to be on with you guys and everybody today
0: yeah let's do it again let's do it again soon yes.
3: oh absolutely anytime you need it, you can do it. thank you ned.
2: <laughs> hey it's steve mason from mason in ireland on 710 espn and from the culture pop podcast and you are listening to the Bleed Lose Podcast.
0: And stopping by the Carnesada for a few minutes, friend of the asada, uh an hour closer, Eric Godney. Eric, uh, thanks for stopping by this morning.
2: No problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Uh, I, You know, one there was, there was a handful of people I thought of when uh, when we went, you know, a little bit after the passing of Vince Scully because there's just so many people that he described, right? One that comes to mind, Yassi El Puig, you know, people like that. But another guy was Eric Godney. And fast forward to it, like I think it was the day after. Uh, L.A. Times had people emailing in, and then they were kind of sharing their Vince score stories. And one of the stories uh, was from a girl who had never listened to a baseball game in her life and wanted to understand. So she got a notebook and started to write how how fast Eric Gagne's first pitch was, and every detail about those pitches and stuff like that. And why? Because of Vince Scully. Because she heard Vince Scully you know, start it, you know, start out all these stories about guys like like Eric Cogni. So I thought of players, too, because, as you know, players have an interesting relationship with broadcast guys. They travel, you know, they spend a lot of time together, especially at the hotels and stuff like that. But I know the profound impact that Vince Scully had on Los Angeles Dodgers players of current and a former. Uh, so I wanted to hear from your perspective what 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 the impact was of Vince Scully as a former player, as a guy that was introduced by the guy
2: well first of all as a fan vin was everything he's been one of the guys that you know we talked about tommy lasorda passing he was the heart and soul of the dodgers and then he had the voice of the dodgers basically you know all the message the culture that we're trying to do internally as players as you know as, as coaches and everything else and he want to relay that culture to the fans and that's what vin was doing so well i mean he was able to talk to the fans tell them a little bit of insights This stuff. He was talking about us that we had, we didn't remember. He would come out with stuff and like, wow, how does he find that? And he was just, uh, he was just like, I don't want to say, it. It just. You, know, you listen to him. It's just delightful. You hear him like, wow, that's so, there's no tone like that. I don't know, I don't know what it is, his voice is whatever it was, but he made you relax and you watched the game and he put you exactly in the right frame of mind for the Dodger baseball. And baseball is not super action-packed, but he found a way to kind of calm you down, calm your, you know, your day off, slow it down a little bit, and just tell you a great story about something's happening in front of you. And he would add some little details, personal details from each players. And I think that's what the fans are doing. I mean, they're learning from the players through Vin, and that was really for us as players. That's what we want. We want a guy that cares about us, cares about you know the team because we want him to send the right message to the fans. And I think he was our voice. And it was pretty amazing what he's done for 67 years. And, you know, its I remember just getting in the bus with him and just sitting next to him and listening to his voice. And it's like, you know, I'm getting like a free broadcast right here. Just like (laughs) you would say every story you would talk about was just amazing. It was just, I mean, you would just bring you into, even if that story maybe wasn't that great, him telling the story made that story so much better. You know, it's just, it was the Dodgers. I mean, and we we lost a huge, huge, huge part of Dodger and huge parts of baseball too. I mean, that's uh, a lot of other teams trying to Im- imitate what uh, what Vin's done. And it's pretty insane. It's pretty sad. Uh,
0: I know you watched the uh, the the tribute, uh, the beginning of the San Diego Padres home stand. Uh, what what was that like for you? What was that experience like?
2: It was hard. I mean, I was actually I got lucky because I turned it on at the right time, and it was just starting. And uh, I start crying. I mean, I start remembering and. You know, I've not, I don't cry a lot, which is kind of weird. You, you you've cried for a, your announcer that you played baseball, but that's how much that's how deep he was able to get in. You know, get get so deep into people's life and really try to impact so many people that way. And I think it was it was really hard. I was watching. The Dodgers did an amazing job to pay tribute to him, but it was uh, it was hard. I was crying. I was trying to hide. My wife was right there. She was wondering what was going on with me. She was just kind of. Not embarrassed, but she's like, "What's going on here?" Anyway, so I walked away, and she starts watch. She started to watch the, the the tribute, and she starts the ball. And she's, to say the least, she used to be a Dodger fan, and uh, now she's just crying. She looked at it, and it was it was absolutely amazing because just for her, for her to see the fans cry and everything else, it was it was perfect. I mean, I think it was it was a perfect send off to a perfect person that we had with the Dodgers, and you know, when you bleed blue, I guess that hurts a lot more, but. Yeah, I think it's, uh, he hurt, I mean, I heard a lot of fans, a lot of baseball fans around the world. And, you know, if you, it's just hard to explain. It's hard to put into words how much impact he's had in the game and on the Dodgers.
0: Go ahead, Alicia.
4: And I was going to ask where you were and how you felt when you heard the news that we lost Vin, we lost the Vin Scully. But you already confessed that you cried at the tribute. So I'm not gonna try to get you to
2: admit
4: <laughs> that you cried again, right? Like
2: <laughs> No, I did cry when I heard I was just so of shocked. I mean, I was I stopped everything. I didn't believe it. You know he's getting older and everybody's gotta you know, everybody's gonna go through that and it's you know but you don't believe that. You don't think you know, a guy like this is ever gonna leave. You don't rule you don't want it, you know, just especially the passing of Tommy. I mean, you're losing huge, huge parts of the history that, you know, it's irreplaceable. You can't replace these people. And you know, I know Charlie Starner's doing an amazing job. He came in when I was there a little bit. He's amazing, but he's it's not Vin, you know, and that I don't he will tell you that. And, you know, Vin was the best. He's one of a kind and it's gonna be a big, big loss. And when I heard it I just felt like it was some a piece of my a piece of Dodger heart left. And you know, it's just but he's gonna be there with us, I think. He's gonna be looking down and you know, the Like I was at Dodger Stadium probably uh, last weekend and uh, there's a bunch of guys I was doing the dog camp. It was a lot of fun. And you walked into Dodger Stadium. It's like a cathedral of baseball because you hear the sound of Vince Scully. You have the ghost there of, you know, all the old Dodgers. And I think that's what that's what makes it so hard to to hear a guy leave like that. Because, I mean, that just he's just part of it. I mean, it's part of that. It's a huge part of Dodgers. And it's it's pretty sad.
4: It is very sad. And I feel like us sharing these stories with one another helps us, right? It helps us Mm -hmm. get through it together. And we are also not just mourning Ben, but we're celebrating him. And what you spoke of just now, it's how I felt. Like we knew he was older, we knew he was getting, you know, more ill late in his years, but you still don't think it's going to happen. He's a hero, immortals, right? Like they don't die. And so it's a shock and it makes us think about from our childhood on in Southern California, he was such a, a great force in baseball and in broadcasting, but because, you know, you're from Canada, you've traveled all over, you've played everywhere. Is there anyone else like Vin in baseball or in, 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 in another sport, maybe hockey, you can speak to, is there someone like (laughs) Vin where the generations of families are heartbroken, right? Like he spent, 200 days a year with us, right? So, what is there someone else that you could think of?
2: There is nobody like him. That's I think think that's why he's so, uh, so impactful in all sports. I think not just baseball. You talk a little, I don't, I can't think of anybody. I don't really follow sports a lot, I don't listen to it that much. But I mean, if somebody say, you know, name me one announcer, the first one would be Vince Scully. I mean, they're. Yeah, you got Al Michaels, guys like that. But it's not. I don't think it's the. I don't know. I don't. I don't know sports that much to really start rating those. But to me, Vin was the best, and he's captured my heart as a Dodger and as a Dodger fan. And that's you know that's all. That's all you're asking. You're asking to, especially as an organization, as a sport, you're trying to get the guys that relay. That you know they're basically the bridge from the fans to the players. I mean they're the ones that sending the messages from the what team wants to you know the, the image of the team and that's what he did so well he represented the baseball to the highest level and he represented the dodgers so well and i think that's what you're looking for that's what you know as a player you want to be a role model and everything else you want to represent your team well but you know he had a, such a huge responsibility of really talking to the fans from a player from a player standpoint from a team standpoint and from a sports standpoint and he's accomplished that with I mean amazingly I mean the way he carried himself I mean not just as not so you talk you talked to him on the bus he was so nice all the time I mean it's he was just a nice genuine person that's all you know just to be that big you know because he's bigger than the Dodgers for a while I mean back then we think I mean, even now I think you know when I played it was Vince Scully first before us we weren't winning and everything else but that he was a treasure I mean yeah we wanted to win on the on the on the on the field but when we weren't winning i think vin was bigger than the dodgers almost and it's pretty it tells you a lot where you know that's pretty amazing he didn't change at all he was carrying himself as a professional all the time like he, the players loved him and there are a lot of players not gonna they're not gonna like announcers all the time because if they say the truth and stuff like that there's always a little bit but he was always so good at balancing that i'd understand the game is hard you know it's not that easy and make that understand from the the player to the fans, are, hey, these guys are trying hard. It was always a good. It was always a positive announcer, and I think that's that takes a lot of a lot of work when you watch that many games and that many pitches, not to be so critical. And he, he was a little critical, but he was a positive critical, positive critic yeah. all the time. And I think yeah. it's just that's what you see, you want as a player. You don't want to be just told you're the best. But if you're a baseball player, I'm trying to do my best, and he's representing a team, is representing the game, and he was doing that amazingly.
4: Yes, you said it. You said it from the very beginning. That voice. There will never yeah. be another Vin, and and I can see Juan got really excited. One of your answers. Go on, Juan.
5: <laughs> well, no, look, uh, we're joining us on the carne asada is one of our favorite immigrants and honorary paisano because uh, he 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 loves the Latin the Latin people. Uh, Eric, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, for me, I, I feel all Dodger fans are very protective of Vin Scully. And like a lot of us have said, I mean, we haven't met the guy, but if anybody's going to talk trash on Vin Scully, we automatically get up to it. I I think about in the seventies, there was a survey, I guess, of who best represented the Dodgers and they was, you had choices and Vin Scully wasn't even on the ballot and he won because people wrote in the name Vin Scully. I hear people who are not Dodger fans from across the country. They hear him and they go, God, he talks so much. How do you, how do you guys put up? And of course you, you get up. What are you talking about? man? But- that guy is the greatest. You, you, you don't, <laughs> you can't say anything bad. And you mention it. I, I smiled because you said that he doesn't really, he wasn't very critical of people. And to me, if you didn't know, he was the Dodgers broadcaster you would have just thought he was a guy off the street, calling the game what he, what it is. And I don't see that in today's broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I don't see guys giving credit to the other team and being like, hey, that guy's a great player. Oh, what a play. I heard that all the time with Vince Scully. When someone on the other team, like he, everyone knew he loved Willie Mays, but he would mm-hmm. always give credit to an opposing player coming in and say how great he was. So. I want to know, I mean, being that you were coming from Canada, when you showed up to the Dodgers, this guy was already doing it for some 40 odd years. How aware were you of Vin Scully before you got to the Dodgers? I was not
2: aware a lot, but remember, I'm from Montreal. Montreal, Jackie Robinson. There's always been a lot of history with Dodgers in Montreal. There's a lot of you know a lot of the baseball root fan like a lot of the main fan are dodger fan because they're jackie robinson fan. and montreal rose used to be triple a so there's always been some kind of connection there and i think Vin, you know to me i've always been really interested in all the movies they made us watch was about the dodger culture the dodger history the the drysdale the scoufax all the best of the best even from the dodgers back then it was you know they're all that so i learned about that i learned about Vin. And what you what you're telling me, like when you're saying, you know, the way he was so so uh, nice, and the way you or Because I think his perspective was really to look at the game first, and then the team, and then the player, and then the fans. And I think he did that so well. He understood, hey, it's not about me. It wasn't about Vin ever. It wasn't about anything. Oh, I'm trying to be a homer. He was just trying. He said, just trying to explain the game like he saw as a fan and out of fan. He's like, okay, what do they want to hear? And what would the player want to like me to say, and I think that was such a good medium that he played, and I think no one can do that way anymore. I because it's just different. The game is different. The game he's coming from Brooklyn all the way down, or you know, it's just it's totally different. And it's pretty amazing that you know it was a natural treasure. I mean, it's just you can't not replicate Vince Kelly. You cannot replace it. You can only learn from what he's done, take bits and pieces, say you know what he's done it that way. I'm gonna try to model myself that way. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge, huge hole. It's a huge goal, but, but I did know about him a little bit. I've learned, I've learned just from, you know, I didn't listen to anything in English because French Canadian. I wasn't really lucky enough that I could listen to Vin, but I would have been for sure. But I knew about the history coming in as a Dodger and a little bit from Montreal. So you kind of know about the whole Dodger
5: history. So, I, I mean, th- I'm going to put this all on you. You're going to have to answer for everybody, Eric. How do we keep his legacy alive? You know, there's young kids now that are, you know, our Dodger fans who aren't going to know anything about Vin Scully. Yeah, we can show the Kirk Gibson, uh, you know, clip as much as we can. But these are kids that didn't grow up with all the other. I mean, he was calling the games of the week for NBC. He was calling World Series every Saturday when you were watching the game of the week. For me, it was Vin Scully and Joe Garagiola. So Mm -hmm. how do you keep a legacy like that alive? I think it's a responsibility for all the past, the new, the, the broadcasters
2: now, and the same for the players. The, the respect we show the broadcaster is what the respect we might want to. We showed Vin, and the way Vin showed us. I think that's kind of how you you keep his is 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 spirit alive. Almost, you know, basically what he's done, just represent him. it might not be all we talk about him all the time, but we just trying to do stuff. You know, be like Mike, be like Vin, you know, be like that, or. <laughs> you know, just kind of stuff like that. And I think everything he's done, I really don't I even mean, I don't even have one negative story I could even think of and never, you know, there's nothing really. I mean, he's so such a professional, such a great representative of the game. I mean, you, I think you've just the way to not forget, not, no one's gonna forget about him. It's impossible. I can't And you just play the you just of the game once in a while. Maybe you watch the games on, you know, on the Jumbotron at Dodger Stadium, Duke's couple nights, the old school games and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Maybe you could, you know, I'm sure now with the technology, you could have Vin's voice do a voiceover for some plays or some innings or whatever. <laughs> you know, right. they're talking about and stuff like that. So, I mean, be, I don't know, but I think players have a responsibility understanding the, the history. Players have a responsibility. Teams have a responsibility to make sure that they don't, we don't forget about that and the young kids don't forget. That's what culture is. That's all you do as a team, and the Yankees do that way. They want to make sure they remember their greats. Well, the greats of the Dodgers, I think Vin is on top of the list. I mean, I'm, he didn't even play – he didn't ever throw a baseball or hit a baseball, and he's on top of the list. So that's, that's, that just tells you everything. I mean, you can tell – you can say Sandy and all that, but I don't think the impact that any player has ever had on, the, on a, any uh, franchise is as bigger than,
5: than Vin, and I think I, I- that needs to be recognized. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I've talked about it with these guys I, and I'm maybe I should just stop trying to understand why I had the reaction that I had. Uh, it, you know, you, you admitted, uh, about what happened when you heard the news, Alicia and I, we were not in the same movie theater, but we were in a movie theater when we got the news and we came out and I've told this story and I got the news. I sat there for a few minutes and then I started crying and I kept looking at my girl going, I don't know why I'm crying. Like, I don't know why I mean why what's happening to me. And when I and a friend of mine asked me, he's like, for someone who is not a Dodger fan, like, you know, that all these women are trying to understand why their men were crying on Tuesday <laughs> night. Right. And if you're not a Dodger fan, if you're not a baseball fan, I think it is really hard to understand why is it that you have this uh, reaction this is a guy who was the constant person in your life mm-hmm. if you watch the dodgers he was the one constant players come and go managers come and go ownership coming uh, come and win vin scully was the one constant mm-hmm. thing and now death being finite it's gone
2: yep so yeah it's, it's a monument you're losing a monument You're losing a such a pillar to your Organization, like, and the sport. I mean, it's this. You know, the Dodgers. It's going to be very, very hard for the Dodgers. I mean, you're losing something that's, you know, you can't replace. And now, how to do it, it's going to be very interesting to see because it's it's hard. I mean, it's you, you can't do that. You can't replicate. You can't say oh, all of a sudden we're going to do we're going to get a guy who's just like Ben. You can't. And I think it's like you said, it's such a such a game changer. Such an impact person. And it's it's going to be hard. I mean, but. You know that's life. It's life. You got you know, like you said, the constant. You know, baseball. The game of baseball is a game of constant, constant, or what do you call that? Uh, consistency. And then Vin was that consistency and with the Dodgers. I mean, through ups and downs, through all the you know, the a lot of years of not winning, a lot of years that of we should have won, through no World Series to new World Series now. Like it's he's been through all of it, man. He could tell you there. I mean, he's the best. You've seen it all. I mean, you're talking about the best of the best. You've seen it all. you talk about the worst of the worst. You've seen it all. So, I mean, you're losing a huge piece of history that it's going to be hard because the way you would narrate that, narrate that, the way you would talk about the game, you, no one could do that because you had a perspective that no one's ever had.
5: I mean, it is, I have to say, it has been nice to see how you guys, the whole Dodgers organization, the whole alumni have really come together because when you think about it, it's been a tough year. I yeah. mean... They, you, you lose Vin, you lose Mike Brito, you lose Don Sutton. Uh, I have to say, it's been very reassuring to see how you play for the Dodger. Once a Dodger, always a Dodger, or as they used to say back in the Brooklyn days, once a bum, always a Dodger. I, I mean, it's 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 just it's been very inspiring to see how you guys have all come together to to help one another. Well, we're a fam- big family.
2: I mean, the Dodger family, and I don't think you can take that away. And we all know we all been taught the same way. How we, you know, how how was it? What is it like to be a Dodger? And Vin was part of that, and Tommy was part of that, Don was part of that, Drysdale, Koufax. You know, these are these are the people we wanted to be like, and I think that's uh you can't take that away. You know, and the Dodgers, have, you know, I think uh, trusted Dodgers that they, they've built a culture built on. History and build on you know new everything, but it's I think they understand the value of older players, they understand the value of culture, they understand the value of history, and they're not going to get away from this I think that it's going to be a huge mistake if they would then they're too smart for that, and I think they understand that, and that's why I think it's going to be amazing to see how they i won't say transition, but it's going to be a transition to the older from the older to the almost the newer generation of ex old daughters you know <laughs> yeah.
0: No, And and, uh, and to uh, Eric Gagne's humble point, uh, some of the scrubs that he played with were uh, Kevin Brown himself, of course, Paul LaDuca, Adrian Beltre, Sean Green, Eric Caros, uh Hideo Nomo, and these are all guys that he just said that were above the team as far as Vin goes. Vin was above all of that. But that shows you the culture that the Dodgers have, the tradition that the Dodgers have, because they recognize and understand that, right? Because I mean, in 2002, that team was lights out. So, you know, for you to say that Vin was bigger than you guys—that again, that just shows you know the, the the cultural impact of not only Vin but uh, of that clubhouse. I know you don't do a lot of these, and we really appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh to talk about Vin, uh, the impact Vin had on you from the player perspective. Um, and and again, because you don't do a lot of these, so it really means a lot to us that you stop by for a few minutes, Eric.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate Alicia, it.
5: did you have something? I thought you raised your hand like a good schoolgirl. I did.
0: I <laughs> oh, you did. I'm really... sorry. I can't I don't have my glasses on, so I cannot see.
2: No,
4: sorry, <laughs> no, just, start. I just we're, we're keeping you. Thank you, Mr. Gagne. That's all for good. It's all good. <laughs> Eric, be, like, please go, Eric. <laughs> very polite, right? Like that's how we honor Vin, you know, Mr. Scully, Mr. Gagne. But okay, Eric, thank you for j- hanging out with us. I just have one question because you are a player, a former player. Uh, you made me think of this while you were speaking now the impact of losing vin there are all these hashtags i saw my first t-shirt that said win for vin 2022. do players take on those challenges or or i'm not sure what to call that maybe you can help me where something so impactful happens during a season where the team does rally around that cause or that whether it's a loss or a tragedy um, like even outside of baseball, do players really take that inward? Yeah. Do, do they care?
2: hundred percent, especially a guy like Vin had such a big impact. I think it's going to bring the guys together. And, you know, if you're tired, you, a lot, you know, it's a long year. You don't focus on always the same thing. Sometimes your your brain kind of goes away, but I think understanding the impact and the respect we have to show as Dodgers and as players and as, you know, as fan of the game, we have to really represent and show respect to Vin by playing the game the right way. And, I think that's what the Dodgers are going to do, and I think they're, you know, Dave Roberts at the leading that. You got all the best guys in, you know, in the industry are pretty much with the Dodgers. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. The only thing more, if I was another team, I would worry a lot because yeah. the Dodgers, first of all, they're they're really, really, really good. I think they have a lot of the depth, and I think that's going to bring them even more together because they're going to they're going to want to win for Vin, and it's going to be pretty. Spe- it's already a special year, but I think they're going to come together and just kind of show respect to vin by playing the hardest as they can and showing you know showing playing the, the game respectfully
4: awesome thank you for that i i no problem that's comforting thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: not comforting to juan because if you listen to our last episode uh juan juan went on juan straight away from the lord's light when it came to Hey, look <laughs> i follow the
5: teachings of vin scully when you have a lineup that has juan soto in it manny machado i'm not going to be like you guys and dismiss those guys just because i'm a dodger fan i didn't i didn't dismiss him i'm just like look those guys are good and look it was a little shaky for gonsolin last night he got out of it what i didn't take into account is that Mania has struggled against the dodgers all season so that's my bad i should have done my research there (laughs) but i don't like ask eric eric do you want to face a lineup that has Juan Soto in it, Manny Machado, <laughs> and then when Tatis comes in there, Josh Bell yeah. is a is a good hitter, man. Uh-huh. I mean, where where's the soft spot in that first five? Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. It's the the whole
2: West is amazing. I mean, the the, the whole West plane is really good baseball, very fundamentally sound baseball. And I think now the you add the Padres to this, they're not young anymore. They're a little bit older. They got all the weapons they're looking for. The pitching is getting there. I think the, I don't I haven't really looked at the relievers. Now they got eight in there. I mean, they're, they're going to be a very, very scary team to face. But again, you know, it's just on paper. If you go out there, you got to win. You know, there's the, there's a, there's a it factor that the Dodgers have. They know they're that good. And there's another thing with San Diego right now. They have to prove they're spending a lot of money. They have a lot of really good pieces together. So they got to win. So I think it's... It's going to be amazing to watch. I mean, it's it's good baseball. It's fun to watch. I mean, it's a, you're watching the best of the best play against each other right now. I mean, it's basically an all-star game you're watching. Yeah. You know, it's pretty insane.
0: I said this when uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi were in their primes, when they played each other and everyone was just arguing about who was better. Uh, solid soccer reference, by the way, on a baseball <laughs> podcast. But you didn't appreciate what the two guys were, right? You didn't appreciate how good they were. And now they're, you know, in their twilight and people were like, what? Huh? In it because it happens just like that, right? So for me, I'm going to enjoy it because if if the Padres are just are trying to get over that Dodger hump, hey, that's just mean. That just means better baseball, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. what you want. You want you want team to try to win, and I think San Diego has proven that they're willing to win. I know they've been, you know, back in the days it wasn't the, the, the you know, it was just the Dodgers. That's it. Now you got the Giants are really really strong. You got. You know, Colorado's going to make a push at some point. They're going to go out, come in and say, hey, we got to do something. And San Diego is making their big push. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to watch guys, teams that try to win. That's the big – that's what you want. You want you, – as a fan, you want your team to try to win every single day, every single game, every single year. And, you know, it shows that then you're going to have the best fans, I think. And, you know, it's it's got to be both ways. You can't have it one way or another as a as own team. You can't say, you know what, we're going to just – we got to put you know, chips in. And I think the, the Giants, have, uh, the Padres have done that. And it's going to be interesting to watch.
5: 100%. Right, see, to bring it full circle, Vin Scully would have shown his appreciation to the team. But you know where his allegiance was. You knew he was a Dodger fan, but he would appreciate. So to your point, I agree with you, Alonzo. Instead of us complaining about this, we should just enjoy good baseball.
0: I uh, Well done on the, uh, the Vince Scully reference there, Juan, to bring you out of that hole. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs>
5: I uh, do what I can.
0: Eric, uh, again, can't thank you enough uh, for, for joining us because, like I mentioned a minute ago before, I couldn't see Alicia needing to ask a question. Uh, you don't do a lot of these, and it really means the world to us that you joined us for a few minutes. Like like Juan said, you're a favorite French-Canadian immigrant. Uh, uh, two two <laughs> A in my case because it's Steve Green one A one B Eric Gagne.
5: There you go. Uh, Anybody that I can talk Rougeau brothers with is okay in my book.
1: <laughs> but uh, I like hopefully,
0: it hopefully we can have you back on uh, at some point to maybe discuss uh, the postseason and in uh, some bullpen action because we we talked about that the other day. But it won't really matter until the postseason. No no offense to the bullpen, but uh, that's that's kind of the uh, the next hump. Uh, so if, if you have some time, we'd love to chat with you then.
2: Hey, let me know. Just send me a text and I'll be on.
0: Got you. Well, again, that's Eric Stop stopping by the canal. Follow him. If you're not following him, get that follower count up at uh, Eric Agne. Get me,
2: get, get me up to 45. <laughs>
0: uh, go follow him. Find hey, him on the Twitter. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, you, you got to start somewhere, right?
2: Uh, quality. I'm all about quality over quantity. There you, <laughs> there you go.
3: Again, thank you, Eric. We appreciate you. Thank
2: all you, right, Eric. Bye, guys. Thank, thank you. Him. Bye, guys.
3: ¿Qué tal, amigos? Juan, I, uh, I was kind of
0: curious to hear from you as far as uh, the takeaway from uh, from uh, both guys that we had on talking about Vin. Uh, but one thing I didn't realize is how more or less embedded Vin was in Ned's life, right? Like we know that they create relationships Broadcasters, teams, all that stuff—you know—obviously, they travel together. But, uh, but Ned sharing that story of his daughter introducing the bridal party—that uh, that got me in the feels. I, I just kind of wanted to hear from you, kind of like what your reaction was to all that.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I think I couldn't think of a better example of—I mean, Ned's daughter was an intern that time, at that time, and for the fact that Vin, Vin was able to remember her and was. Yeah, I got a car passing me behind me. I'm coming from you guys live from Dodger Stadium. So I'm just going to, it's pregame here. So I'm just going to wait until the car passes by uh, before I start talking. But anyways, what I was saying is that Ned's daughter was an intern. And they all, what, what's saying? How you treat the, the lowest person on the totem pole uh, says a lot about you. And the fact that Ned remembered her, the fact that when he said, I didn't want to be presumptuous enough. To think that I would be invited to the wedding. I mean, who wouldn't want Vince Scully at their wedding? Uh, I mean, to me, everything, I, did, I no one has said a bad word about it. And I keep yeah. hearing the same word all the time. And that if he was a gentleman. That Vin Scully was a gentleman. And I know that a lot of us pride ourselves on being assholes. But I got to tell you, after like hearing people talk about uh, Vince Scully, I think I got it all wrong. Even if I don't agree with people, even if I think people are jerks, man, I think the approach is to do, do it the way Vin Scully is, you know? Just be respectful, do your thing, or even do the Keanu Reeves and just give him the thumbs up and go, yeah, you're right, buddy. Okay, I got to go. <laughs> uh, I mean, th- that's, that, that's what I got out of the Ned. And and, and for the Gagne thing, I just, uh, I think Gagne gets it. And it, it is, I find it really interesting because Gagne came from a non-baseball world And for Gagne to show up and immediately recognize how important Vince Scully is. I mean, what does that have to say about the impact that you've just not had in this country, in the city of LA, but all over the world.
0: True that Alicia, what do you say to all that?
4: I just, I love what Juan was saying. I mean, just Juan's reaction to the reaction of having Ned and Eric. it's just, I'm so happy we did this, guys, because what would Vin do is how we should live our lives, truly. Like, seriously, at least the way we treat one another. And the way Juan was reacting right now to the way, you know, Ned's stories and Eric's stories, Eric's enthusiasm for for Vin Scully. I mean, he hasn't played in the Dodgers for years, but he still knows, Mm -hmm. respects, and adores Vin. And Ned's attachment and, and you know, Ned's and that's a guy. He's a guy's guy, and yeah. all of you men, seeing you guys open up and be vulnerable and show the love and affection and the heartbreak from losing Vin is just something that we're not going to see again. I'm not, I'm enjoying seeing you guys be real and be open and and talk about how much it hurts to 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 lose Vin, but also how much you guys love a man, a grown ass man who who was the voice of our childhood of, of baseball, of just class and kindness and, and wisdom. I mean, Vince Scully is one of a kind and, and I feel like this is a good thing that we are acknowledging how much he meant to us and that it's okay for men, you guys, to be open and loving and, and check yourselves and be like, dang, do we need to be more like Vin? It's a good thing. It's all good. And and I still cry every day when I was at Dodger Stadium last night. I want it's so cool seeing you there right now. Like I'm so jealous. And I'm I'm going to get the feels again, Alonso. I'm going to I'm going to every time I think about Vin looking up last night at his window and the sign that is still up with Oral, you know, it's just it's a lot, but this helps this helps hearing Ned's stories and Eric Gagne's stories and Juan saying like, dang, like we need to be more like Vin and how we treat one another. So I'm happy we did this.
1: Yeah, no,
0: no, I agree with that. Roger, what about you?
1: Yeah, I think uh, those two guys just summed it up. I mean, to hear the stories that Ned was sharing I mean, personal stories, this guy, you know, he hung out with him and spent a lot of time with him and just, he got to know him as, you know, not just, a baseball announcer, you know, not just this icon that we all looked up. He true, knew him as a true friend, you know, and just to hear those stories of those times that they spent together, you know, the things he did, like he said, for his daughter, for his wedding. I mean, that's, that like, hits, you know, that hits home I and mean, that's like, hits you right there, right, right, right in, the, in the heart, right? And then to hear Eric Gagne's stories of, you know, he's a player now and, and, you know, the professional respect that they had for, for Vin, I mean, it's, It's crazy to hear, okay, this is a a ball player, right, talking about a broadcaster. I mean, Vin is the only person that you hear those types of kinds of stories as far as just anybody, right, players as well. Like, I mean, there's other great great uh, broadcasters that we've had, you know, Al Michaels, you know, I know Bob Costas, he's in Juan's Fight Club, but these are legendary broadcasters, but you don't hear stories like that of a connection that they've made with players, you know, like Vin. Vin, Vin is just truly one of a kind. You're never going to see that again. And just, you know, just the impact that he made, like I said, just on players, on fans, on other broadcasters, on just, I mean, everybody. It's it's just crazy. I mean, there's, there's really no other way to, to describe it.
0: Well, you know what's funny is uh, last night I, I, uh, I had a soccer game and LAFC was in town. And as Alicia can tell you, in our world, everything is small. Everyone knows each other, and you know <laughs> random people that you haven't seen in forever show up, and uh, a couple guys that I hadn't seen in a long time that also worked in baseball now worked for LAFC, and uh, they were in town. And the first thing they asked me, say, "Hey man, how you doing after the Vin thing?" And that, like right there, you know, they they said the same thing. You know, we cried when we heard about it. You know, it was it was tough. It it, it took. You know, it, it was just it, you know kind of a cathartic thing too to also see the the Dodgers uh, uh, tribute that they did to him. And I hadn't officially seen uh, all of the Dodgers tribute because I was in the middle of setting up for a game, and I watched it again yesterday uh, prior to the the pregame. And that was a terrible idea because because uh, it it got me, it got me real good. Uh, like like Juan said, the song that got me. They, like right right then and there, it's like dang. But it's also okay to say that I feel like as well. Because like like Alicia was saying, sometimes you got to open up, right? And and also you realize the impact that a guy like Vince Scully had, not only on you know childhood memories, all sorts of stuff, but but just as a whole, right? Because here I am setting up for a stupid soccer game has nothing to do with baseball, and guys that I know from baseball are bringing up baseball stuff, and we're talking about Vince Scully. Um, but you know the one thing that you know that that I huge takeaway from it all is. Like Juan said, you got to treat people like Vin, right? Or Vin treat people like as Vin would. Um, and I, you know, and I, I took that into account, especially yesterday with stuff. And uh, and you know, it, it pays dividends. So I, I thank Vin for that. You know, right? Like kind of reinforcing that dude may not be here anymore, but he's still teaching us stuff as we go along the way. Uh, the Eric Cognier one, though, I, I, I out of out of the two, obviously the Ned sharing personal stories, but Eric, Eric, like like Juan said, Eric's an interesting guy because he's French Canadian. So in Canada, you know, yeah, baseball is a big deal, but you don't, you know, no one really, you know, there's Mike Emmerich in Canada, right? Like there's those guys. And then when you hear, you know, Eric talk about Vin the way that he did, like it, it just tells you how much of a, of a long range of, of effect Vin had. And you don't really realize that until they're gone. And it kind of sucks.
4: Didn't uh, Eric call Dodger, I'm sorry, Eric called Vin the number one Dodger. Yeah. Like he said, he's revered like the greatest player and he never hit a ball or caught a ball, but he's the greatest Dodger. Like that means a lot. Again, the French Canadian, what did one call him? Our favorite immigrant. Like (laughs) we love Eric.
0: Well, and it's crazy that, you know, when I, I sat, I sat there and thought about that for a second and it's like, you know what? You're right. And that's coming from Eric. And especially the teams that he played on, like I mentioned, like that's kind of a big deal, you know, for, for a guy like that to point out, that that vin was the number one dodger when you know that that team was good you know i mean we talked about it with with caros even that 2002 team doesn't really get a lot of props and because they were a good team they had a lot of a lot of star power the Deonomo was on the damn team i mean there there was a lot of star power and even then eric was like nah vin scully was the number one dodger and that again that's a testament though to to the the long ranging pull that vin scully had uh Juana, or rather Alicia, you were at the game the other day, uh, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I was curious, overall, what was the vibe like since it was the day after kind of the tribute and all that stuff?
4: Um, packed house, lots of energy. It, it wasn't sad, if that's what you mean, but I did go up. I went to all of the memorials that Do- the Dodgers placed around the stadium, which I, I, I love that the Dodgers did that. They didn't just put it in one area. It's a lot of people that go through that stadium, yeah. so you could pass through and take, you know, pay your respects. But I waited. I was really um, nervous to go up to the press box memorial because that was the pictures and the flowers, and it got me. And everyone around me, it was kind of like you can hear the excitement, and you know, it's the Padres. Everyone's jazzed up. Did I say jazzed up right now? You do. Everyone's jazzed up. <laughs> But at the memorial, at the press box, the people that were, were there with me, strangers, all of us just had this quiet reverence. Like we weren't hooting and hollering and there was no weird like, oh, let's get, you know, take our picture. Like it was reverence. It was all of us, I assume, because we were all kind of quiet in our own thoughts. I said a little prayer. I'm gonna cry right now. And it, because other people around me were doing the same. It was, it was pretty cool. It was
0: good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was I was but, just and, curious. We, and the Dodgers won and
4: they yeah. whipped that butt.
0: So like <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just curious because I know that they put up all those different uh uh kind of memorials around the stadium and uh and I no, I don't even honestly I didn't expect it to be like a, a sad vibe or anything like that because if anything what we've learned from Vin is you you, you can't be sad, you gotta celebrate. Right. Celebrate. And, and uh and that again the Dodgers class you know they're handling it uh, uh, as great as an organization like the Dodgers can you know with the different memorials everywhere go ahead
4: Um, so I kept looking back my seats were below the the sign we love you Ben and and I just kept looking back so like the whole time he was on my mind but they did go to the camera went to Rick Monday and Rick Monday was like very chill very it was just him alone He's staring out in the field. And as they put him up on the big screen, don't know why they did it. It was like in between innings. And people slowly but surely started cheering. And he still didn't realize he was on the screen. He picks up his binoculars and is looking at something on the field. And I was like, we're trying. I felt the Dodgers did that to remind, we're so spoiled fans, we have greatness. Vin is the top number one but we still have really great broadcasters with us and so i felt like this juan is always saying people alive should also get their flowers right while they're alive and 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 vin knew he was loved and he was super humble about it but i i love that they went to rick monday and were like hey like let's cheer for rick monday and we did you know and it was cool and i feel like that's a direct result of what's going on with all of us mourning and celebrating vin what i mean what do you guys think they hardly do that. And they did that yesterday or Saturday. <laughs> Juan.
5: Uh, well, I, I got a helicopter above me and we got. <laughs> over here. <That's> <laughs> taking and practice, So I don't know uh, if the sound is horrible, but I just no, it sounds fine. It. Okay. So here's the deal. I, I know we're getting close to wrapping this up. And one thing I want to talk about uh, as we close it up is this. The Vin Scully statue that has to be next now right i mean we talked about this earlier in the season what would be the next statue i think the Vince Scully statue now moves up the list right i think so
0: i think so i mean if they but it also depends on if they're doing it you know kind of strategically by eras right i mean that's the only thing i we don't know but uh but i mean i feel like that's the natural you know the natural next step you know that way you know going that way uh what about you roger
1: yeah, I mean, I would love to see a VIN, a Vin statue go up next. Um, I mean, that's, I think that's what the fans would want to see right now. You know, so uh, let's do it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, no, and I, I'm curious to see what the Dodgers do because, you know, at this point, the, the win for VIN thing's working. So that's whatever, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever, uh, you know, they need to do for, uh, if, you know, because again, we the the thing that's kind of forgotten, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to Eric Agnier, is the impact that a guy like Van also has on players, right? You know, that you know, front office folk and and people like that, they have, you know, they they have more time to cultivate a relationship, you know, but players in some cases they're so hyper focused on what they're doing that you kind of forget about that human element, and uh, and and Eric just kind of hit the nail on the head that there's, the, you know just even sitting next to him on the bus, he's like, I just sat there and listened. Like I just listened to uh, to Vin tell me stuff. And and how lucky is he, right, you know, to have had those experiences where one would only wish to be a fly on the wall just to hear, you know, a 30-second, you know, excerpt of a story that Vin would tell. Um, but either way, I know, I mean, knowing the Dodgers, they're a class organization as they've gone about it, you know, in in, in commemorating the memory of Vin, I I don't foresee them, you know, stepping away from that as it goes, uh, you know, kind of to commemorate him in the long run. Uh, Also, just uh, real quick before we end it, because we did have a little bit of Padre talk. uh, They they notched up a a series uh, win yesterday, uh, and they're they're going for the sweep tonight. Juan, since you're there, uh, just out of curiosity, what is your prediction for tonight?
5: Well, as you guys all heard from the last episode, I am the Prince of Darkness and I <laughs> said that the Dodgers would lose the series. I had originally had them losing this game, but all bets are off. Look, I, I was trying to I was gonna save this for our next show the live, where it's just like, Hey man, I just cannot figure this team out. They lose to teams that they shouldn't be losing to, and then they steamroll. I mean, the first two games against the show, they've scored eight runs. I I will say that I said this on the last episode. I'll say now I am glad I am wrong. (laughs) I'm glad that I know nothing about baseball. There. Are you happy? I said it. I don't know anything about baseball, but I am glad that 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 the Dodgers are winning. I am glad that I I am proven wrong. And, you know, I just saw Dylan Hernandez earlier. So maybe I'm just going to talk to Dylan. And just say, "Hey, Dylan, you and I need to team up because obviously we are this overwhelming force that is helping the Dodgers." So,
0: uh, I uh, also wanted to shout out Max Muncy because he, uh, he he took yeah. uh, Mr. Clevenger a little deep, and there's been a lot of uh, shit talking on Max. So, uh, so good for him. Tip of the cap to Max for uh, for getting that going. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, and well, we will go ahead and wrap this guy up. Uh, this episode was presented by our partners at Bet Online. If uh, you head on over to their website, betonline.ag, and use our promo code, which is Believe Fifty B L E A V five zero, you will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Huge thanks to them, and thanks to Ned Coletti and Eric Ogden for joining yeah. us. Uh, and uh, as always, being super candid, uh, that was kind of the other reason we wanted those guys too, because uh, those guys they're 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 open vaults, and we really appreciate their candor. Uh, especially with something as a uh, you know kind of gravitational as uh the the loss of one uh Vince scully so it's a huge thanks to them and thanks to you guys for listening if you're not following subscribe all that good jazz please do it but from your boys alonso juan baby face gimmick in the sky roger and princess delaya this is the bleedless <laughs> podcast and we'll catch you on the next one
4: we love you vin
0: win for vin